Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hello Online. Hello Online? <laughs> right. Boots put me off. You can't hear Boots, but Boots is currently talking. <laughs> Boots put me off. Okay, I'm going to start again. <laughs> oh, it's not really. Jambro Online. Yeah, that's it. Like, still can't hear you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not really. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of the Lightbringers podcast with myself, Jebro, Unity, and no other people because they're all fired. Welcome to this episode. I just realised that I have not done the cameras at all. <laughs> so, we <laughs> were here for twenty minutes. I've been advertising the podcast. We can still talk so about the Hello Kitty panels. You forgot to even put our cameras. Well, in I mean, the slots. that's the thing. I've, I've I got a bit distracted with the Hello Kitty lore that um that uh. Boots was talking about because I was so invested. So, you know. What? My goodness. Well, I'm just doing it now. It's fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're going to be talking about skips and Kinex City today. We do have an amazing set of guests. It doesn't mean I can't produce the show while I'm still doing things. You know, I'm, I'm literally the king of doing 20 million things at once. Hello. It's fine. Um, yes, yeah, so we're going to be talking about that. We've got some amazing guests. They're going to introduce themselves while I do their cameras. Um, which doesn't take too long. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, Boots is not Zandri. That's cool. All right. <laughs> Boom. Or so you think. There we go. April Fool's. Kind of done it. Wait, okay. Can we, so. can we talk now? Rook, hello. How are you doing? Please introduce yourself to the stream because no one knows who you are. And we need to know. <laughs> hey everybody it's really nice to be here for the first time ever talking about one of my favorite games hello kitty online uh my name is rook and you can find me on twitch and youtube mostly rookery r-o-o-k-u-r-i uh you can also find me on twitter rookery underscore uh and you can find me on instagram game. At rookery. you could find her in arborstone as well you can find me in game two in the Kestrel, Kestrel Archives. Now. It's true. <laughs> what is that noise? It's like a... It was so ominous. <laughs> that's, that's, the city of, that's the city of Chicago providing an auditory landscape of tension I was like, us. I'm not ready to go yet. <laughs> <laughs> My blood pact is not finished. So yes, what? I am in game now. I have an yeah. NPC, which is, I don't even know what to say about it. I feel very embarrassed even talking about it, but so excited, but very, I don't even know. <laughs> it's amazing. You can talk about it. Oh, I know. I just, uh, I am just, I don't, I don't have words. 
um it's just awesome well uh, not so yet cool. but maybe soon your character will have words yeah maybe they'll add dialogue True. and then i'll know how yeah. i feel about it uh no exactly. i feel <laughs> i feel amazing i mean it's really cool thank you fam um yeah it's been so cool seeing people even take pictures with the character and if you stop by and say hello on the second floor of arborstone um definitely feel free to send me a screenshot because i've been saving them all and i treasure them and i just can't say thank you enough to arena net it was such such an incredible thing and i am truly just like incredibly speechless and humbled yeah. and it's amazing so i'm glad thanks jebro thanks yeah i'm glad so too yeah, i mean i mean you are doing that aren't you i know you pointed even it out it. was that because <laughs> is like that something brow. that you talk about on your stream or is it because we talked about it here because we talked know. about it here for it's a long time. Idle, it's an idle human female animation. It is, it is. That's true, actually. It's just funny that it was just like, oh, wow, yes, that really is. <laughs> I was like, okay. Awesome. Yeah, yeah that's it's great. Art imitates life. <laughs> that's true. True. Yeah. That is very true. Okay. Everyone. Hello. I'm very pensive. That's, yeah. Ooh, pensive. Hello. Hi. Pensive. But the truth is that I'm just thinking really intensely about Snargle Gold Claw's entire body of work. Mm -hmm. um, oh, so just, that's just really entire body. Entire body. Entire body. Of work. <laughs> so I was uh, I was just telling uh, Rook before this that I'm gonna start shipping her with different in-game characters as well. And Snargle's pretty close, so like maybe I could like assume that they're having furtive glances towards each other. You know, do it. Yeah. Go for it. Do it. Yeah. Like furtive. <laughs> Furtive. Oh, furtive. I thought you said furtive. I was like, that was very good. Well done. Well good done. Didn't even mean I'm to do that. I'm very down for this. I love this. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So, in the first intro, I've already worked out a Rook's uh, storyline is in Guild Wars 2, or the beginning at least. Um, this is canon. Kruf. <laughs> Good to have you here. How are you doing? Tell us all the things. Oh, oh my gosh. I am so happy to announce that I finally got syphilis. Uh, syphilis hey. is not only just a hobby, it is a passion of mine. And I'm just so happy. You know, I could have gone to the but doctor and got That's medication. But, you know, I really know that I'll probably oh get it soon anyways. So I might as well just kind of, you know, harvest it. And, you know, like a greenhouse. But thank you so much for inviting me back. I am super happy to be here. Uh, I do a bunch of YouTube stuff. A bunch of builds are coming out. Boots, you're not the only person who makes bad builds. I'm definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I also stream here on Twitch uh, throughout the week. So thank you so much for having me here. Appreciate it. Kroof, please don't harvest your syphilis. Like it's a, like it's a harvesting node, please. This is I truly my harvest you. temple. <laughs> Makes me wonder what you think syphilis is. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Boots! <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, sorry. Tell us all the um, things. How you doing, mate? It's good to have you back as well. Yeah, it's good to see you. Yeah, I've been busy, but uh, but I am happy to be back and uh, surrounded by you wonderful people. Awesome. Um, I Yeah, I've been playing EOD, and I'll be... I am currently trying to edit a build video. Okay. Um, and that that should be you know happening soon, but I I am not as prolific or uh, or the quality of my videos are not quite as good as a lot of other ones out there. But 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 at least they have branding. True. 
Um, I'm sorry, Boots videos are quality, and I love them. So I'm just well, going to put that out there. You're welcome. Thanks. I, I think, will... But hold on a second. We're talking about skiffs today, not fishing, right? Because I was just fishing there. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, I take it back. I take it back. Well, we can talk about quality. skiffs. We can talk about fishing on skiffs. That's fine. That works. Uh, I would like to also talk about. Okay, did you know that Hello Kitty's real name is Kitty White, um, and she was born in the suburbs of London, England, on November first. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this yeah, is part this of my is, Official lore. Her height is described as five apples. Uh, while her while her weight is only three apples, which is kind of alarming, if you ask me. Uh, wait a minute, this makes complete sense as to why we would do this as a show, as a game. The apples. Oh, the makes apples. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's that's my story. We should play apples oh. to apples one day. That would be fun. I actually have no idea what that is. So. Oh, chat apples to apples is a great game. It's like um, it's like what's it called? Uh, Cards Against Humanity, but clean. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh. Let's play Cards Against Humanity, to be fair. I mean, we could do that. Yeah, that's cool. You know, we were trying to keep the podcast clean minus no. through syphilis, but... There's no... <laughs> there is no... Oh, God. I have no guidance this week. The document doesn't this exist, so I'm lost. Die. <laughs> okay, so this week, because... Okay, let's do, let's talk about... um. We can talk about April 1st, I guess, for a, for a second as well. I haven't mm. actually been in game yet, so I'm assuming the cats have returned on what April cats? Fool's Day. The big, massive cats. No cats? What? Jeffro, no! I'm sad for you. I'm sad that you don't I know the dogs are there. Although I do think, I know I do the think dogs there are there. still a massive cat somewhere. There probably is that you can still see with the tonic. They usually do that. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah. this year's is the dogs. It's uh, uh, it, uh, Dogs Arch, sorry, is what I've been calling it. Dogs Arch mm -hmm. is now Lion's Arch. And you can go pet them and love them. And there's a mystical, beautiful puppo in there. And they give you doggy bags with treats. I, I saved the uh, mystical mm. puppo for last. I was like, okay, this is going to be an epic, epic storyline quest that I'm about to do. <laughs> and it's just... Chill out, man. <laughs> oh, you can buy the tonic. Lay oh, but, if, but like last last year, they were just there. They were just everywhere. But you can see them all the time with the tonic. Okay, right, I get you. So they just kind of turn them on, I guess. That sounds weird, Ooh. turning on a massive giant cat. Uh, but yeah, cool. So go and pet yep. the dogs. Dogs, awesome. Pet can up. we unpack the... No, we're getting out of here. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I okay, sure. We won't we won't dive into exactly what that gotta, look on Kurt's face was for. What were you I talking a, about? Flight. I got a flight out of here. We're not unpacking. Let's go. We're not yeah, unpacking right. what what do you want to unpack? Nothing. Let's say that Kruf, I think, thought something that was cards against humanity level <laughs> <laughs> of inappropriateness for this podcast. So don't worry about uh -huh. it, Jabra. Continue. To be Let's honest, I'm about... not surprised. Kruf is awful. I mean, what? Wow. That's why I should not turn on my face cam. I really should just be a voice in the void. No, hmm. that would rob us of so much joy. And for anybody that's just pure audio, just go at some point and just watch Kruf's face on the podcast. It gives me great joy. <laughs> it's like a journey you take, you know? It's pretty amazing. True, true, true. The, go and watch, uh, go and look at the podcast, uh, the podcast, the notes, actually. We could read a, a few things off there. There's actually okay, some yeah, funny stuff. Um, the character's first appearance on an item was a vinyl coin purse in Japan, uh, which ended up being the Wait, hottest selling item that year, which came as a surprise to everyone. 
You're reading like the complete wrong thing. The patch what? notes. April Jeffrey, 1st. You told us that today we were doing a Hello Kitty on live oh, podcast. Oh, okay. I was lying. Is that April 1st? I got a whole cake and I decorated it with fondant and it's Did a Hello you? Kitty cake. I don't even yeah, know what fondant is. Can you tell me? <laughs> fondant is inedible icing that's really hard that everyone... Did you say like. inedible? <laughs> if you eat it... <laughs> yeah, you eat fondant. You eat fondant. No, 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 no. Yeah, you eat fondant. You think they're just putting fondant on all these cakes so that you never eat the cakes? Okay, just because you can put it in your mouth and doesn't that mean you should? Okay. Wow, some some really really can someone clip that? Some some excellent advice there from Coop. Just because you can put it in your mouth doesn't mean you should swallow it. So thank you very much. It is not good. In my opinion, uh, nevertheless, the cake mm. has been thrown in the trash. <sighs> Guild Wars 2 used to retweet this show. I've got a feeling that may not happen anymore. <laughs> hey, this was an April Fool show, right? Wait, what one? April Fools! Yeah, because... Oh, fuck. You know, it's too late. I, I, I brought the tone down too much before making the the cake is a lie The joke, tone was very just, low way, before the show even started. <laughs> there was right. a well, certain I mean, expectation look, level. We prepared... I don't know about everybody else, but I'm pretty sure the rest of us prepared for hours on this Hello Kitty topic. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a little bit disappointed, but if we have to read the April Fool's patch notes for Guild Wars 2 Jeb, then I guess we can, so... Yeah. We don't have to. I would. I would say everyone pick out a favorite from there if you want to. All right, here we go. Dan, uh, Shintaro Tsuji, the, the founder of Sanrio, began selling rubber sandals no, with flowers no. painted on them. That's that's still Hello Kitty. But Tsuji noted that the profits gained by adding a cute no design to the sandals and hired a cartoon uh, made a lot more profit. So they, he hired a cartoonist to design cute characters. Um, and actually, it was only like twelve years later that Hello Kitty first appeared on one of these sandals. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Engineer. <laughs> oh dear. There is some actually oh. great, some great notes on there. Is there anything? I, the, my favorite one was this one. So on the patch notes, if you don't know, every year ArenaNet make up a bunch of patch note patch notes for April first. And they have a little bit of a fun time with them. And one of my favorites was players can now get a turtle egg by really, really, really wanting one and promising to take good care of it. <laughs> that was really that's, good. <laughs> that's pretty, that, that's accurate though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you could, you can get one. You have, you, it's, you can't ask for it though, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. Well, I really good. enjoyed uh, the world polish. Players will now be required to submit an authorization of access yes. form to the Ministry of Transit before using a waypoint <laughs> to, from, or within Canton regions. Because I just recently went to the DMV to update my licenses oh. and all that stuff. And it was actually really great. I had a lovely time. I felt very blessed. Mm. Yeah, you're, good. Good. you're definitely lying about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I was. Oh, it was actually okay. <laughs> It was great. I had an appointment. Yeah, I had to like wait outside a little bit, but it was fine. And it was I've very got to go easy. there in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. Make an appointment is important. You get okay. through faster. I don't know which I find more unbelievable: us doing an entire podcast on Hello Kitty Online or Kroof having a fun time at the the. Yeah, I don't I know, know. But I, know. I just like talking to people. 
I like the uh, the new options for victory conditions in World vs. World has been added. In mm-hmm. addition to the war score, players can also win skirmishes through science, culture, or diplomacy scores. And I've been playing a lot of Civ Six, so... Oh, nice. <laughs> that okay. That hits home. Nice. Um, as a Guardian main, I do really appreciate the... With the end of Dragons, users of the Dragon Hunter specialization have been retired. Selecting Dragon Hunter will now unlock a relaxing new set of skills, allowing the player to immerse themselves into life as a retiree. Very nice. <laughs> I almost said that one, too, but I was like, I wonder if Rook is going to do it. I'm so glad you did. <laughs> I wondered if it was going to be your pick, too. We were on the same wavelength. I, I do yeah. also really like the Elementalist one, which was... The Ministry of Public Safety would like to firmly remind all elementalists who refuse to switch off a of fire attunement that arson is classed as a felony under imperial law. I like <laughs> that one too. I actually really like the personal story one where it says NPCs will now nudge the commander and wink when the player encounters foreshadowing. Because whenever I play through things, I do that. <laughs> I mm-hmm. like, hey, I got you. I think this is foreshadowing. I think this is foreshadowing. I like it. Uh, okay. Some good ones on there. Go and check out the patch notes if you want to go and do that. And you can have a look on Mercury. There was one last one that's really good. Okay. Fixed an item erroneously listed as redacted die. It is now properly available as the final encounter of the JC open world meta event die. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that real though? Wasn't there a redacted die for a little bit? It is it's still redacted. redacted. Yeah. Nice. Redacted. Nice. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a move to have a die around a very spoiler character uh, on patch die. I was like, okay. I wonder if they'll update uh, ever update it or just leave it as redacted. With redacted, just leave it. Okay. They honestly should just rename it the final encounter of the JT Open World Meta event die now. Honestly, I would love that. A bit long winded, but I get it. Could you imagine having to delete that? And you have to type it out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would be so annoying. Throwaway item that you can't sell. You can only throw it away and have it like 10, 15 words. <laughs> and they should give that die like as often as possible in every yes. single rewards bag. <laughs> oh, oh, I need like oh. more characters <laughs> just to have them as. Oh. I'd like to say one thing. Just one thing. <laughs> the, it, the in, inside the April Fool's joke stuff, the dog stuff. Um, so you could buy. Uh, you haven't done it yet, Jebra. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. I hope this is not spoilers. Fine. Uh, but from some dog traders and one dog trader, quote unquote, um, there are doggy bags that you could buy with. A lot of it's like stuff that you don't use very often that just kind of gathers in your in your collections. Okay. Uh, so like it's a great, you know, sink. Currently a great sink to get rid of some stuff that you never use. Like, you know, the uh, stuff from Mordremoth, those like little weird... Anyway. Oh, those things. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Um, and you get doggy bags and you open up the doggy bags and you get actually some pretty good stuff. Uh, so it's yeah, oh, okay. yeah yeah it's like really good rewards. Uh, it's at in the middle of uh, of Lion's Arch. Okay, uh, great. Yeah yeah, and you it's only three per day, three per day per person per dog. Okay. Um and but okay, you get really good rewards. But on top of that, you get these doggy bags. You get you could get nine a day of the doggy bags, and then when you double click on them, you get two more doggy bags 
from the doggy bag you got. So in all, you get 18 doggy bags, but I just thought it was a joke in itself where it was bags inside bags. So bag. It is cute. And then when you open up those doggy bags, you get more chests and stuff that, that pop in your inventory as well. Very good. I, like I enjoy this. This is good. It's more loot is always good. Awesome. And I mean, obviously, we also had like the unexpected bonus gift this week with long cat that happened mm -hmm. which was like the april fools precursor it's so do you think good. they were meant to do i had a little bit of a theory about this i i thought do you think that was in like no do you think that no. was gonna come with april for why not no. did you not see do you not, not remember okay okay but Ooh. do you not remember bobblehead and do you not also remember the airplane noise thing those are mm -hmm. yes, those are intentional. Well, it was like, well of course they those were. Came out on April Fools. <laughs> they but came like, out on April Fools, and they were something that mistake. came out before April Fools, and then were fixed the day before wow. April Fools. Boots is not any fun, anyone, everyone. You're right. This is not You're fair. Right. But technically, the airplane, the T pose, was before April. Yes. It you just, cut out. You just cut out. Okay, great. <laughs> I was loading in the game because I'm going to Lion's Arch. So Thank they you, did Chris. eventually put it in. Once everyone gets to play it, I don't. I can't play it I'm going to also log in. I think I'm probably going to go hang out with the dogs in Lion's Arch. Yeah. I, I well, just we're all go. logging in. Uh, can I talk a little bit more about Hell Kitty? Um, yeah, please give us some more No, we're going to go and actually talk fly. about Ender Dragons. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> well, actually, if you want to go and uh, hang out with the Lightbringers peeps in lion's arch go do that i will be still here <laughs> on my own oh, oh does that mean we have to like myself. all meet up in game or something i mean i guess well, we you should can. represent the guild first and then you should go there for sure and do wow. some recruiting in the map chat we have yeah, bro, deal, is this yeah. gonna be a guild that you have to have 24 <laughs> 24 7 representation on only your during the Lightbringers podcast uh, i will say this <laughs> i will say this though the Guild of Lightbringers, it's a great name for a guild, the Lightbringers. Yeah. I love it. Yes. But the tag, I understand I understand that it's for Tybalt. Yeah. And it's, and it's very, you know, it's touching. Yes. But for tags in general, I like tags that I could just say, you know, like, whoa, or... Yeah, no, you know, no, no, like that's true. Smack. Most um, of those are taken. It's real, it's a tabula. <laughs> It was gonna be it was gonna be light, but that's taken. It was gonna be many, wow. many ones. We we went for a while. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, Tibble's pretty good. Yeah, so what we're doing We could have done like Apple A P L L. Apple. And we could do that. Oh yeah, update on the Lightbringers Guild as well. As because I am just massively busy and everyone's doing loads of things and Ender Dragons come out. We've been running some events. We did strikes um last week. We did some of the new ones. Kroof was there as well, which is very, very hey. awesome. We did two out of the four. Well, I think we one tried one as well. And then the last one was just like, oh wow, this is ridiculous and awesome. It was it was a lot of fun. We're also running guild missions this week. So if you want to go over to the Discord, we've got two awesome people who are running those. Uh, it's going to be about 6pm Pacific, so if you want to go and join in with the guild missions. Um, I'm not sure how many people want to do those anymore, but we're just going to do them. We're going to see if we can build the guild. We're going to take the guild hall as well very soon. Yes, as well. So we'll start organizing that I'll stuff. I'll help. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What, with guild missions? Are you an expert in guild missions? No, I'll help with retaking the... Uh... 
Yeah, I haven't taken it yet, actually. Yes. So it's going to be exciting. Yes, we should do that. It's a fun encounter. Well, actually, we do that, and then, like, once we do it, everybody comes over and takes the the World of Enders guild hall right afterwards because I need people to help me. Well, I was going to say, I'm down. I'm down. why don't we do Lightbringers guild hall during the Lightbringers show? Ooh, that'd be a good time. And we can talk about it as we this. do it. Mm-hmm. Like a, a Lightbringers plays? I, that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah, we can Let's do, do that. it right now. We don't need to talk about skips. <laughs> I want to talk about skips. Skips are my favorite. I love skips. Right. Okay. And also, I forgot, like, I, I had a little... I tweeted something about the, this the other day. I'll talk about it in a minute. But anyway, yeah, we're going to talk about Ender Dragons because it's been, we haven't really talked about Ender Dragons yet. This is episode three. Last, last week, we talked about uh, Boots wasn't here, but we talked about oh, the... No. Patch, what? I'm talking to the dog traders again, and it's not three bags per day. It's three bags per dog. You only ever get nine bags. What? Yeah. Wow. Redacted. <laughs> like complete misinformation from Boots there. That's, that's why good it's... Lord. That's why... The, yeah, they don't show up anymore. That's why it's such good rewards, because you don't get to do it every day. There's a new pirate ship skiff, and it's only in the Black Lion chest. Oh, I'm not sure. We talk about that. That Is is that a real thing? Is there a a screenshot of this anywhere so I can put it up on the screen? Someone has to, because it is. Okay. Is it good? I am perplexed as to how that is not outright purchasable on the gem store. It is so good. Wait, what is it? Where where do you get it? uh, Through. It's a chance (laughs) in a. Face. I've got 25 keys at the moment. I'm going to try and get that, maybe. It's, um, Sorry, I was, looking at, I was looking at Hello Kitty facts. It's Continue. a gift that you can only get at random from Black Lion chests. Oh, my God. But it is so, like, edgy and coarse air-like, and it has a, a, its overall art aesthetic is a bit more serious than maybe other things that we get uh, that's earnable. And, I, and it actually has an animation attached to it. When you, like, anchor the, the flaps, they fold up. And it's like, it's so good. So does that mean I'm going to be doing map completion for the next two months to get it? Probably. Probably. I mean, just do your weekly keys as well. Also, if you did buy, remember they had a key sale very recently. So they're going to be... what's the weekly keys? One. Weekly key. Oh, from doing the human story. The quick, the fast route. Story keys. I didn't know that was once per week. Yeah, it's just once per week for a program. Because it used to be able to do it per character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do that as well if you really want to. I've just I unlocked the achievement dog nap for sitting down in the dog area for a prolonged period of time. I just wanted to yep. update everybody about oh that. Gosh, and and you're, you're extremely well rested now. Oh, you've got the skiff oh, skin. Okay, let me have a look. Yeah. I'm just gonna... Gonna get all, uh, Rook and I are also in game if anyone wants to come around. Whoa, yeah. that thing is cool. I know, Jabro. <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? I would. I would eat that thing. I'm. I'm gonna eat the entire. It would eat it. What? Okay. Where? Why is that not working? Jebro, don't eat boats. Do we have to refer you back to Kroof's statement earlier that just because you can't put something in your mouth doesn't mean you should put something in your mouth? <laughs> I mean, I can talk. We can talk about you know the different chance like phases of like just wanting to just like explore the world. And oh, that's yeah. what they do. They use their mouth. They eat everything. <laughs> that's they what do. they do. 
So I do want to say one thing before we continue, though. Um, yeah. When a front and side drawing of Hello Kitty, then unnamed, was shown to Yuko, uh, several to several other people by Yuko, sorry, to several other people in the company, including her assistant, they greatly preferred the side view drawing, and then they praised it. Um, and so mm-hmm. when Shintaro Tsuji had first seen Hello Kitty, he didn't really have a strong opinion, uh, but he warmed up to the side drawing later on. I'm glad because I liked the side drawing the best. I agree. Griff, you're okay. <laughs> wild. Oh my God. This is sensory overload. I'm in game. There's music. Boots is talking about Hello Kitty. We're talking about skips. It's April Fools. There is a lot. That's true. Um, okay. The skiff lots look very good. I actually would. Yeah. Skips are awesome, and I'm kind of sad that that's in the Black Lion chest. I don't get why they don't just sell these. I mean, I know, I get the whole yeah. like Black Lion chest thing, but I would. I mean, they must know. They must have the data that, that you know the people just love will just spend a ton more money. They will earn more money per Black Lion chest for these. I mean, it is. It's how they earn money for the game. They don't have a sub. I um, I expect that. Either they're going to make more money from Black Lion Keys because of the skiff, or... Yeah, I think they probably will. I think they will make more money from Black Lion Keys because of the skiff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like we pointed out, they did just run that sale on keys, and there are ways to obtain them through the game, right? Like, so... It's, again, one of those things where I kind of feel like, I mean, you can even convert in-game currency, you know, into Gem Shop and then buy yourself keys. So it's one of those things where I feel better about the loot boxes in Guild Wars 2 than I do in generally any other game where, like, the only option you have is to straight up just pay a ridiculous amount of money for some, like, really dumb drop. Plus, there's, like, the redundancies then of the different statuettes and stuff that you get so you can still exchange for certain things you might want. So, like... They'll yeah. come in there and eventually. You know what's interesting? I, I would say, personally, there's a weird opinion probably, but personally, I think the fact that it's only in the Black Lion chest, even though it's literally just... I mean, you could get you could get it through map completion, so at least there's that. It's very um, pirate-famed, isn't it? But it, even though it's literally <laughs> just luck to get it... Yeah. Um, All right, skill. It feels like it would be more, like, cool to have it than if you could just buy it straight up at the gem store. Yeah, but then know? that's a money thing, mm-hmm. isn't it? And then just like, oh, it's a money thing to be cool. Mm, that's a problem. But, I, I mean, I, it, it is, I it's know. not, they've been doing this for so long, it feels weird to just be like, and we're now just going to get upset about this because they've been doing it for ages. Wait, People send me Black Lion chests and I bought yeah. keys the other day. <laughs> Sorry? Is anybody upset about it? Some people are critiquing yeah, it because they want upset, it yeah. so much that they're like, we don't want to have the RNG factor of the Black Lion chest yeah. being the deciding factor. Hmm. Um, hey, remember when there a was... cosmetic. Yeah. It's a cosmetic. Right. Um, well, remember when there was um, the, uh, the, the mount tickets? <laughs> and there's that whole backlash because of that. And then eventually they came out with selectable mount tickets. With for more expensive, so maybe eventually, once we have a lot of skiff, oh, yeah. skiff uh, options, maybe they'll have a selectable skiff uh, ticket. Yeah. And I mean, this also came out alongside a lot of other stuff that, like, the past couple weeks has all been direct purchase in Black Lion, right? So, 
Mm-hmm. We had stuff like the um oh the Springer bird mount pack is so oh. cute. They're so funny. I love them. Uh and then we also had the new outfit and cosmetics with the new stuff. I got the I- Of course you did. <laughs> Um, and then uh they also did that new outfit and then they also did uh a new skiff skin that was just directly uh it reminded me a lot of like the elves in lord of the rings kind of thing and that one was up um so like they have done a lot of other things i guess it would make sense that this one might be in something like a black lion chest and so many others have been on sale concurrently but um I mean, yeah, I'm not that upset about it, but nah. I also understand why it can be frustrating for people, um, especially when they really want that or they've been wanting something like that for a really long time. Mm. It's just mm. cool to have, like, all the different skins. I think I think it just brings up the, uh, the topic of just let people earn stuff in the game, you know, right through achievements. Like, don't just give achievement points, give skins, and, like, you know, obviously that's time and that costs money, and you need to pay for the game, and you need to pay the staff, and you need to earn money. Like, that's a thing. But, like, additional things. I don't know. Anyway. And who boy, it doesn't matter for now. Because we're going to go talk about skips specifically. Lovely. Okay. So, one... Skips, how you get skips? You kind of get them in the story, don't you? You kind of buy it from... I bought mine from a vendor... There is no other way. Yes. Is there? That's the only way to get it, right? You do it by completing a heart in Seitang province. I'm about to bring the footage up right now. Look I know, like, all the mounts to begin with, the first mounts. But this is not actually tied to oh. a story step. Oh. Hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you bought it. Oh, that's it. There were two options. I've got it on the screen now. You can buy it with different currency. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. and what how was that that's okay i mean you know i thought that's quite good because the fishing was kind of in the story but you could also unlock it if you just bought a fishing rod you weren't you just given it yeah yeah right right, right. but you yeah. were i know you were given it you kind of need to do this first how, can you get to kanto without doing the first part of the story yeah technically if you have a guild hall you just just a friend i guess i see you've I got see. it maybe yeah <laughs> or if you have the arbor stone like portal but, device you can use that on mm-hmm. other characters to like come over right yeah i i like the skiff i mean i think it's one of those things where as players we intuitively have an idea that like oh we might have to look for certain areas hearts events stuff like that um it was something where i liked that they tied the fishing rod itself into uh like the the story beat so that you get it one way or another um and they kind of prompt you a little bit towards like oh and there's this you know skiff thing you know in tandem with the fishing pole but I do wonder if, like, players or new players had any confusion with it, as in, like, how do I unlock it? Like, where does it come from? Um, but it does fall in pattern with, like, the other mounts and things. And it wasn't hard to acquire, you know? And I think if you explore and you're engaging, again, it's kind of an incentive to doing that and, you know, actually going around the world, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I still kind of default to the skimmer whenever I want to go on water. Yeah. For solo play, yeah. Uh, yeah. Though if you do want to fish somewhere and it's out in open waters and you can't like sit, oh of course, on land, then you it's the only thing you have to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they do such a good job with that, though, right? I really like that they somehow managed to make it so that honestly, like mounts are still so versatile. 
flight in and of itself is something that you see like nullify almost any other form of travel in many other games mm -hmm. and so like to create these drawbacks or you know these different like traits that some mounts might excel at and others might not like of course there are mounts like the sky scale that you can oftentimes all-purpose use but like even then there are still times where i want to use other things so i was really glad that the skiff like it's pros right are that like you said Kurf, you can go with a group you can have this like social element you can boost you can go out and fish in open water um i mean you can even use it in certain events like with the depth charges i thought that was really clever to like have that be something that plays into how we engage with like the water oh leviathan um, and stuff yeah yeah i had to and reduce then, damage like, yeah the skimmers are much more kind of like the precision all-purpose water vehicle right where like you might not be able to do those specific things but if it's just you it's easier to navigate on it it's you can go underwater it's nice that was like off. your award ceremony the music starts <laughs> to play you're like you so much it really was <laughs> we're having a very noisy street day in chicago so i apologize it's everybody okay. I apologize. And especially with the skimmer also having uh, the capability of going underwater, that just adds another layer of, you know, ease with water traversal. Mm. But the skiff uh, yeah. is pretty good. It's pretty good. It's definitely a different sense of movement. I think it has different controls. And because I yes. play an action camera so much, it is a little difficult to actually maneuver at times uh i found it, that it goes it defaults to almost yeah. more of an action camera yeah. setup because like when you turn move even if you're not in action camera it just moves wherever your mouse moves like it just turns right oh interesting yeah here's the thing too though so the skiff the skiff at its highest boosts right like if you could boost it crazy with all your people on the thing it goes faster than a skimmer correct i don't know my understanding is it goes faster than the skimmer. It does. Only, it's just lying. No anyway, fire. even if it's not the truth, it, it is the now. The only issue with that, though, is it's a little bit difficult co to control at those speeds. Um, and water, the water, like, the only place in the Turning world Turning circle where, isn't great. <laughs> <laughs> the only place in the world where the water is, like, a big expanse of water that you might want to traverse for some reason is, like, Straits of Devastation. Everywhere else... Mm. You know, you have to kind of control where you're going, especially in all the canals in like yeah. Kainang or uh, the little rivers in uh, Saitang province. And so going that mm. fast on a skiff doesn't really work that well. Well, do you think they will <laughs> make maps more... Um... More water centric? Yeah, yeah maybe. maybe. Yeah, maybe our next one will I be like know. we. It's just all water. You get there. It's like water as far as they. I can see one tiny island, and then you discover that there's actually secretly a Largo city underneath the waves, and you have to go I, down there. I, like, I, yeah, so cool. I think they will have. I think. I think they will test that because I think ArenaNet being ArenaNet, I think they could do it because they've got mounts that a mount that goes on. They've got two mounts now that go underwater. I see there being a like the only map I see in the future in kind in uh, Kantha being more water centric is the ruins ruins of uh, old Kainang. Drowned Kainang. Oh, there's also another there one, the Battle Isles. The Battle oh, Isles. The battle, I don't know about that. That one though. I don't know if we're gonna get. I mean, I we might I, not go there, but I think it's like a great map for a mm, lot of. I would water love players. for the Battle Isles to come back as a ship v ship fighting zone. 
<laughs> that, look, look, that actually would be super fun. And if they wanted to continue to evolve the future of what skiffs can do, doing something like that, or even having like some kind of event that pops up that for whatever reason like allows your ships to battle each other in a sense, or like you know, maybe oh, you're something. collecting yeah. something and like hoarding something on your ships through like fishing, right? Like a like a bunch of fish that are like special fish. And then if you could sink another ship, it would like toss everybody out and like reset all of their fish to zero or something. And then you all have to like get back in. I think that would be so fun. Yeah. Um, and it's like the skiff mobility feels very much like roller beetles in that sense, right? Like where the potential <laughs> speeds are so high, but it almost has that drift element where your momentum carries you so far. I still can't do roller beetles. Some people are sick of them. I'm terrible. Satang Province is pretty much the only map where the skiff is very useful. I would say at the moment, underneath, yes. underneath um, uh, the final map, Dragon's End, that's pretty good. Oh, ju just for the fishing, though. just for the fishing. But that's it's pretty big down there. It's pretty like it's yeah. pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. I actually really like if you've not done that. If you've not, if you're not like a map completionist like I am, first day, like it was like I I have to complete maps before I move on to the next map and the story. So I complete the map. And then I got to that map and I was like, how the hell do I get to this POI? And I was like, because I went through the whole thing. I was like, I'm going to make YouTube videos of just difficult POIs or like vistas and stuff. And there's not that many. I've got like six. But this was one of them because you have to go all the way to the north side of the map to go under the map to get through these chasms and caves and stuff where the water is to get to this southern POI or finish Dragon's End because you end up going there for different reasons. And it's like, oh my god. This is so cool. And the lighting is just so nice. It's just so nice. And the fishing is good. And there's mm -hmm. there's creatures down there. And there's other bits and bobs. I'm not going to spoil everything. But it is pretty, it's pretty damn beautiful. It's actually one of my favorite areas probably in the expansion. Even though it's like very samey. But it's just nice. It's just a cool way of traversing the map. No, I agree. And it's, it's magical. got that level. I mean, the big thing is that magical. I think one of the greatest... Yes. One of the, it is magical. I just magical. got there for the first time yesterday, two days ago, two days ago. And yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Like, I was yeah. so enamored, you know? Um, but I think the big thing is that many other games have limited themselves to maps being this, like, just slice that essentially is, like, a setting for whatever is happening. And that's not yes. to say that you can't like still set really interesting story on those maps. It's not to say that those maps aren't still impactful in their own way, but Guild Wars 2 has done this thing where they consistently through their mastery systems and then mounts open up new methods of ma or, like map complexity, map layering, uh, mobility, movement in those maps, uh, exploration, those moments of discovery, right? Like, mm. oh my gosh, I found this thing underneath the map. And if I'm in my skiff or if I'm on my skimmer and I go down there and it's like this magical discovery, you know? So I think the really big thing is that like Boots, you bring up a super great point in that I think right now the skimmer's speed is not probably one of the biggest draws to using it like it's there as a potential avenue for them to use as something that for whatever reason could be a tool in constantly expanding the the interactivity yeah. the the map styles all that kind of stuff um content they can do but it's not like something that yeah in most of our maps as they are currently designed it's probably going to be the reason you use it um but like i think it opens up enough potentials and i think it's fun enough as a collaborative thing like i really love mm -hmm. just all sitting on it together and fishing it 
just fills me with delight in this way that yeah. like you know what i mean it's not i do i do i so 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 before i say what i'm about to say i, I was just gonna say that um that but no i'm gonna start with the good thing the good thing is that uh, for the skiff I love the fact that it's multiplayer. Uh, like I, my my wife has gotten back into playing Guild Wars Two. We're going through the story, and I love just being like, "Hey, hop on!" <laughs> then we get to go places and stuff. Um, but having said that, I think I think that the skiff in general fills. So it's it's important for people who don't have um, Path of Fire. It's it's a very important mount for people who don't have Path of Fire. Oh, yeah. Um, but for, for people with the skimmer, the skiff, I think really the only thing it is good for is fishing at this point. And that's okay because that, I think that's okay. I think that's okay. I think it's tied to fishing and I, I think that's okay. Um, and it's more of a social thing. I mean, I think uh, I saw a post, I actually just Googled and I was like, I'll let you, I'm sorry to interrupt, but like randomly, but I saw a post and someone said like, Skiffs are bad, like just a letdown, like a huge letdown, and I was like, they advertise this as a social thing. Like this is the same same thing with fishing. I mean, they're both social things, and I think that's what people thing. have to wrap well, their heads well, around. Fishing is a little I'm bit a more loner. important. The problem is, I'm a loner, so like I yeah, can't appreciate fishing. that very much. <laughs> but yeah, I don't play many people either in game, honestly. I mean, I maybe friends, we should be friends, boots. I don't know about that. Mm. You don't have. I don't- you have a severe. You have way too much hair. Yeah. <laughs> like we should all play together or something, or like through this Lightbringers Guild that we started. I don't know. Mm. You know. I mean, I always say to people that like, <laughs> I'm. A, I mean, everybody's gonna have a different level of social interaction that they even want from games, and there yeah. is like no actual right or wrong to this. But I oftentimes do say to people that like sometimes if you're looking to like take advantage of those more social features it requires like that willingness even on your part to like reach out and start like making an effort to connect and other people to meet you in that place and then you know give it a shot like so it is like of course i don't think that the skiff is going to necessarily be the thing for everyone currently as it is and how it's used unless but, you just like, have, well yeah it, it, yeah. yeah if you only have end of dragons and don't yeah. have the fire it's it's perfect well it's i'm totally loving fun. this conversation yeah. because why don't we why don't we let's get this is the this is the wonderment of not having a document uh because we do it anyway but what what could you add i've I've already got a list in my head of stuff they could add like to make Ooh. skiffs more appealing to to people if they don't fish because like you say like boots said you know if you're not fishing you know skiff is kind of just a thing you run around on if you want to it's um, tough to say because what could you, what could you add? Yeah. Do you think? I mean, come it's on, there's, we, come on. It, this is the Lightbringers podcast. The way here. it's designed, though, like it's not a combat mat, except you have those death charges, I guess. But yep. uh, well, they're used for Leviathan. Like if you, if I was in the Leviathan fight the other day, and there were like fifty skiffs <laughs> just on top mm-hmm. of each other, just like running around. It was so good. It was so good. Taught mm-hmm. me just to stand the, on the Leviathan. My go-to answer would be. <laughs> You have to first expand the water content that you have in the game to then 
kind of increase yeah. the complexity. But I don't of see that systems. happening, though. You know, like I don't see <laughs> that in particular happening. A Largo uh, narrative. There could be some more water content. Do I think that should be the the focal point? Like everything's water? Probably not. But I would agree that like depth depth charges could be something. You know, certain events where you have to use that, uh, or maybe even expand upon the system, which might not be a skiff, but kind of like a war boat, where you have like cannons on the side. It holds like yeah. Ooh, I kind of like that name actually. Thanks Just the, the war boat. <laughs> war boat. A war boat. New ship. to Guild Wars Two. Get on your boat and declare war with crew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just cannons all around. Um, cannons to the left do, of them. Sorry. <laughs> do stuff like that. Um, I don't have any other ideas in terms of. Oh like, come on, people! I've got like millions. Oh, oh, maybe like you can attach. You can maybe attach a giant net to your skiff so as you're riding it you actually passively collect fish <laughs> yeah cool. that would be cool. i like that idea like crappy sure. fish i mean sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I mentioned <laughs> that like idea of uh an event or like a pvp mode or something where like you know you're collecting something and then you can sink the other ships or things yeah. like that where it even just like dismounts everybody and then i mean i think there's a lot of creative ways to do this on the other hand i don't really know if it needs to appeal yeah like the thing is, is no, that I yeah, almost never use like I almost never use my roller beetle. But like if there are parts on the person. map where sorry. If there, are, <laughs> if there are parts on the map that like I can bust through using it, I'll hop on for it. If there are um like you whenever I get... never use your roller beetle. I know, I was, I was thinking what boots would think about that. I mean I'm I'm sorry, already dude. like, who are you? And then I'm, I'm sorry, like boots dude. is here. I d don't like using that. I thought you said I don't like you. <laughs> like, Whoa, Whoa, that's harsh, right? You know what, Ruck? I just love your April Fool's, Fool's joke day. It's so good. Oh, yeah, it's so funny, this joke I told. It's so um, good. But, I mean, the thing is, is that it opens the door for content that I might want to engage with, right? Like, I tried to do the roller beetle races. I will probably go back and try to finish them at some point because I got about halfway through all of them and I wanted the, you know, scarf hey, and the rewards and stuff. Yeah, I need to do that. We should, we should, we should hang out and roller beetle race together. I would love to boot. Yeah, yeah. You reach it out. We should roller yeah. beetle race. We should roller beetle race. Will you teach me the ways. I will teach you the ways. I will teach you the ways. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I would trust you. Let's do this. Let's do this. We need um, a friend sound effect, don't we? Friends. We do. That'd be good. Deborah's um, not invited. Okay. okay, great. I, I was gonna say, and I didn't, I thought <laughs> no one wants me around. Uh, no. I just told them. Uh, <laughs> No, um, so yeah, like, I think that if they kind of have it, have its niche, places that you might use it on maps, integrated in some kind of way, fishing and fishing collections, legendary items that, you know, obviously now can be crafted using various materials. So, like, there are reasons people will use skiffs, and I don't know if they have to be all-purpose, because like I said, I think they open the door for fun stuff. Now, like, yeah. additional stuff that they could do, you know, people were talking about, like, making it so that you could build it into more of, like, a houseboat, where, like, you know, there'd be, like, a captain's quarters on it or something, and maybe if you upgraded it to a certain point, then you'd get your customizable home instance or something be like a little boat room um i don't know I don't, I, I, yeah. that's pretty far, I, I think <laughs> that's pretty far. Yeah, that was our idea we i remember a pre-expansion um, oh we had many ideas where we that. came up with all these ideas and this was great this was houseboat do the thing yeah. uh we were talking about the fact that you could have a cannon seat for the the turtles mm -hmm. means you could probably have cannon seats for boats and yep. we could do we could do like um yeah yeah. A real pirate ship meta in World vs. World. 
Um, Arcade, because we, we were talking about this, and I was talking about Arcade and how well they do their ship combat in that game. It's really good. Like it's. Hey, it's... I have an important <laughs> question, Jebro. <laughs> Maybe you can answer this for me. Oh. Do you think with the current tech, mm-hmm. probably not the way it currently works, but if we could alter it in some way, do you think it'd be possible to do a pirate ship versus pirate ship battle where there's cannons and stuff and you disable ships, but there's also boarding ships involved i mean you can uh the only problem is they'd have to alter it because you can only board if you're in a party right i know exactly they'd so have to i think alter it, i guess you think it'd be possible to board other people's ships and attack them i mean yeah i mean i don't know it just depends how long it takes to code that right i mean yeah, it, yeah, i mean yeah. it is I mean, if you think about it, so in in I don't know if you've played arcade. You should go and play it if you've never played it. Like just yeah. for f- sea combat, like there's a whole. So in arcade, the, there is no instanced map of the expansions. I think so. There is sea between islands, and basically you can be a pirate if you want to be a pirate and be in your own faction. And you can build. So building a ship is a big thing. Like building anything in arcade is huge. And you can build this ship, and there's different levels of ships. But you can you can take as many people as you want on this ship. But there's different places where you can board. You can glide in arcade as well. So you can actually yeah. glide, as in Guild Wars 2, from ship to ship. So you could launch yourself out of a cannon like you can in, for example, <laughs> Sea of Thieves. And you could glide. And it could be... Honestly, like, I'm not... I genuinely would love to see it. I, I don't say that phrase much because I hate it. But like, <laughs> but like, I would actually genuinely. It would be so good. It would be yeah. wicked. Can you imagine that? People would love that. It's good ones too. It's so like I mean, casual, fun, friendly. People play fun stuff like that all the time. And if you can well, earn stuff and have reward tracks, oof, be so good. I just thought of something. Oh. oh. So even if they couldn't implement, right, like, because I was thinking in my head, like, all of that would be cool, but the game really isn't set up for that, and it's not like the skiffs themselves in structure are big enough that boarding them would really be worth something or anything like that. But then I had the thought, what if we did get a map or something like that, right, where um, we talked about, like, the surface being all water but maybe down below there's some kind of like city or something that is more of an actual landscape that you could like run in and that would be it'd be like a reversal of our idea of what a map is but on the upper levels of the water huge boats like pirate ships and things would sail past it could be maybe its own meta or something and then with like new skiff masteries jeb like you were talking about you could like if you had the skiffs you could get to a high enough speed to chase them down one then you could get some kind of new mastery that like you were suggesting would vault you or like the people in your skiff up in the air so that they could get like ejected up onto it and they could glide (laughs) onto the deck and then if you were able to like do the fights or the events or like board it and like fight your way down you could then like in the lower levels get really good loot or like have this meta event something like that i think would be more doable in the sense of them not having to completely make skiffs like the size of pirate boats like because there's no way that would work but like if they made it so that the features is adjusted slightly and then they created some kind of map like this that would be stupidly fun i mean they've already done it as well so fun like like, in the first story instance they did it they just did it in the air 
Like, you know, they had the Aether Blade pirate ships, like, all in the air, and, like, you, it was like you were mm -hmm. literally boarding, essentially, different ships, like, but with, you know, the power of Aurene jumping you from ship to ship, and it can be just I different. See, I see in chat Curse saying, I wonder how the turtles would interact with the boats. That would yeah, be cool, too, because go. then you could have, like, a group that would sink their turtles down to the bottom and, like, fire the cannons up at the bottom of the boat. And it would actually give you a use for the turtles, yeah. That's mm -hmm. true. Yeah. All Ooh. I want to do now is be shot out of the turtles' cannon <laughs> and just become a jade projectile. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Would probably break some aspects of the it's game. It's legitimately one of the most, the best things in CFAs. It's so fun. Like, if you when you're trying to... Skill? Oh. On the uh, mounds that like eject you from your seat. What if that was ground targeted? Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> that actually yeah, would be very cool. Go in a certain direction. You could glide and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. We're coming up with some good ideas. It seems like, mm -hmm. it seems like an I would expansion say... upon the systems of Guild yeah. Wars. So, but that's a new thing. That's a new thing. That's. Yeah, I, we... I do agree though with Rook. I think that skiffs are good or fine the way they are. You know, they're they are what they are. They don't need to be anything more. They're, they're social mounts, and uh, they're good that way. And, and like, and it, it's like our MMOs, you know, when they advertise a new feature, it doesn't have to be for everyone. Like, ESO, I always pour, like, examples from ESO all the time, but, like, Antiquities was a very specific addition to one, their expansion a couple of years ago. If you don't like uncovering treasure, <laughs> you're not going to like it. And it's like you can get loads of different stuff through that. And there's so, you know, there's loads of different games which add little bits and bobs that people aren't going to like. So there's always going to be those posters who are like, oh, Skiffs is a letdown. It's supposed to be a major feature, but people like Has different stuff. Has anybody really said that, though? Yeah, there's some posts on the forums. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, as with anything, though, I think people will always find something to complain about if they are generally unhappy. <laughs> like, oh, welcome to life, some, everyone. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's I true. mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I think that these two that we got, so we got, obviously, Fishing and Skiffs and the, and the Siege Turtle. And while, yes, they might have more of a social component or be more situational, I think they're super clever and super fun. And... Like, the idea of how do you continue to innovate differences in traversing the same space, it is a huge question that this game has. And really, I believe they've handled it the best that almost any game could, right? There will always be parts where there are redundancies or overlaps, but to create yeah. all these mounts that have, like, their own unique movement that have their own unique you know uses even here in end of dragons we saw so many different hearts and things that are making use of even old mounts like there's one where you're crushing grubs with your springer there's one where you're yeah. jumping across like the levels on your raptor in um in kining and like they try as much as oh, they yeah, can to like continue to tie in these different mobilities into how you navigate the world and that is such a testament because Lord, I would not want to do it myself. Like, I wouldn't want to be like, okay, so we have one that flies and glides, and then we have one that, what is, what have we done? Boat underground boat. digging. <laughs> underground digging. Can we make A all new maps? Dwarf drill. <laughs> I would yes! like to say one thing, though. <laughs> Let's do it. Sorry. Uh, I would say that I would like an option. I don't know if it exists yet or not, but it didn't exist at the beginning. Uh, key binds for a skiff in particular and fishing in particular to to start those things to equip those things rather than having to go and select do, one or press, the other. You can there's a key bind for fishing. It's J. Uh, yeah, but it's shared with skiffs. Yeah. And oh, the, okay. 
Yeah, so you know, like, I mind always mind? have to choose whether or not I want to always be on mm. a fishing mode or on skiff mode and switch between the two if I'm on a skiff and then I want to go fishing. And I'd rather just... Because one of the impediments for me um, to you choosing a skiff over a skimmer, for example, is that extra button or that extra thing I have to do in order to get the skiff out. Because I always have mm. fishing attached instead of skiff attached. And and skimmer is just a oh press a button and I'm off and but with skiff I have to go press down here right click here put this down here and then go. There's and, a lot of uh, key buttons in the game already. That's the thing. Yeah, I guess. but they just not put it in yet. I didn't even check. Just, I mean, you don't have to make it as a default a new keybind. You could just have it the way it is, and then go into your menu to add a new keybind if you want to. Yeah. Even yeah. just the Siege Turtle keybind in game yet, because I had heard that there wasn't a keybind for the Siege Turtle. Oh, I don't know. I didn't check. I haven't checked. Oh yeah, I'm not sure. I know a while I back right people now. were talking. Yeah, check. I know people were talking about. You're um, all in game. I, <laughs> we are all Not in game. anymore. No, no, after the dogs didn't give me bags anymore, I left. No, there is a siege no. turtle wow. keybind. Okay. Oh, there Rage is. Okay. Quit. Um, but I mean, I know that some fans even made like a version of a wheel for mounts. Um, mm. that like you could get. I don't know if it's an add-on. I don't. I don't remember exactly. But I've long thought that it would be really beneficial to have some kind of just like choice wheel. So like, especially in this kind of oh, situation, like now that we have. Well, yeah, kind of like, you know, now we've got all the mounts, but now we've also got these bonus special things. So having like, you know, if you hit that J, it just brings up that selection wheel. Yeah. And it's literally the easiest thing ever to just like mouse over very quickly to the thing you want. I mean, it's possible they can't do that because they just don't know how large it's going to grow. So yeah. like the idea, but like, even if you could choose, you know, like I have five slots in my choice wheel. So I assign yeah. these five mounts I use the most, or I have five in my, you know, That's special bonus. That's literally what they do I... in ESO. That's yeah. literally the same thing, isn't it? It's yeah. like you, you can, you literally do that. You go into your inventory, you select all the different things. So you can put parts, you can put mementos, which are just emotes, and then you can just put whatever you want there. And then you yeah. put hold Q, and then you spin around. Just, yeah, that would, would actually just solve it, to be fair. It just would. It just would. It would be really nice. Or a bar, like, or like it was your, um, where your skills are. And you just press it. Okay. Some, some UI updates, maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, UI, you, us being able to move the UI would be flipping legendary and like an expansion itself, to be honest, for me. So <laughs> I would love to do that. Oh, well. Um, I'm going to push this a little bit uh, forward because the oh, skiff goes to really? Kainang. And I think we, I, we, we, I do want to talk about some specific things because one thing I think is... There, there are a couple of things which I think they could add for skiffs, which would be really easy. And I think some people in the chat mentioned it. it. was one of the first things I thought about, and that was racing. Skiff racing would be very cool. Very basic, obvious thing that we've got in the game already with Beatles, etc. Especially if you've got, like, the boosters and stuff like that, and you can get skin, you can get this, a different version of, like, the scarf. What would the scarf be on a skiff? I don't know. Um, sorry? Skiff scarf? A skiff scarf, I guess. Yeah, I mean, why not? Or a hat. A hat, yes. The necromancer, the necromancer concept art hat. Yes. That's what. That's what. That's what the actual art is hidden behind. Like a polo shirt. 
a cute little sailor's outfit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like an Afghan, a little polo shirt with a captain's hat. And... Yeah, I love it. See, you to get some skins in there. Good idea. Do, like make an adventure if you want, because adventures have all of a sudden completely disappeared. And then someone, would you tie your sweater around your shoulders or would you tie it around your waist? Ah, uh, it has to be shoulders. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a little bit more preppy, like, kind of jock, isn't it? Like, you know, for me, like, you know. Like, well, if you're sailing, of course you gotta Are you a preppy skiffer? I mean, I would love that advert, to be you honest. I think that would actually be a very good one. <laughs> that was good voice there, Griff, as well. Um, okay, so I've got some other ideas, but it, it, that's fine. Let's go to Kylang City. Um, but, oh, this is the bit. This is the bit, because I actually did... We talked about this on a podcast recently about wait, wait, whether or not Thingy fell into the water. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you make Nivan fall in the water yet? Uh, no, that's not yet. I'd I do it in a minute. I'll do it in a sec. So uh, we get... The, yeah. So one thing about the skiff is, that's good, that is, you know, puts it directly into the game and used for everyone, is that it is one of those transition points in the story in End of Dragons. If you have not got to this point in the story, major spoilers, <laughs> because that is a spoiler. <laughs> because I just said it. You get the skiff and you have to oh, okay. transport one of the characters along over to Kainang. You go through an instance portal. This is the first instance portal we've seen in the water, as far as I remember. Um, unless someone wants to tell me otherwise. And I actually realized that the story instance was behind the portal and I had to reverse the skills. Like, I did the same thing. Okay, you did. Okay, I feel less silly. I think a lot of us did. But wasn't I think I did this... too. You did? Okay, I, good. I was, I was bringing my wife through the story, ha having already done the story. And so she just did the same thing as you guys, drove right into the portal. But she got stopped like you guys. But me being on the skiff with her went to Kainang without her. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then she started the instance without me. Anyway, it was fun. Story. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I couldn't believe. So I goofed um, in my first playthrough, which I think we did talk about previous in the Lightbringers. And I dumped her in the water twice during this. And I cracked up because they like remember and there's dialogue tidbits further on in the expansion where people call me out for like, I don't know, should I get on your boat? I heard that you dump people yeah. in the water. And I was like, what? I'm waiting for it because it's about good. to happen. It's about to happen. I would no. also say that <laughs> that's the one. Treat, so Kappa will treat this as an act of aggression. <laughs> so End good. Of Dragons. So End of good. Dragons has the most um, kind of like branching little things that are remembered through the story than any other part of Guild Wars Two. Um, I mean, they're not like hugely consequential things, but no. But it's it's, it's a nice little touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice, a nice a lot little, of little touch. Choice without inorganically just plastering some prompt to say make a decision. It's like you organically have to decide what you want yeah. to do, yeah, and then yeah, it yeah, follows yeah. you. Like the one that I remember is the one with Gorik in the cave, and you can either go on ahead or wait for him because Gorik takes so long, uh, and that's a little fun moment. <laughs> yeah, and I loved uh, yeah. the. I think that's a really unique answer to the question of like, how do we give our players a sense of agency, even if we're telling a linear story? And it gives you more reasons to replay it. 
Um, I mean, like, obviously, the sheer amount of branching possibilities from things like the core game, it gets much, much, much harder to handle stuff like that as you are three, four expansions and beyond that, right? Because, again, it's like trying to keep track of all of that while also developing the maps and everything. It's something that really, like, very few MMOs, no MMOs really have been able to do. Um, even MMOs that offer you an illusion of choice, like ESO, um, oftentimes the most you get for that is that, like, NPCs will yell something out at you as you walk past them, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's acknowledgement that you completed this. But a lot of the little nuanced choices that you get don't oftentimes have long, you know, they don't come up a ton outside of that every now and then, but, like, not really all that much. Um, so for them to do this, where like those little variations in your playthroughs, you can see those little outcomes. You can see the little throughput throughout all of it is so clever. And I'd love to see them just keep doing that, even in instances like if you save all these people that would have otherwise died, but like you can technically get through it regardless, like seeing how those little dialogue branches would kind of um, play out through well, some like kind for of achievements or something. Yeah, like, you know, like, if it was tied into some of those, where, like, mm. that run, if you did that achievement, then there'd be a little dialogue later where people remembered that, or, I don't know, I just, I think it's really cool. Yeah, it's nice, especially if you're different, if you're an engineer, specifically, and if you're an Asura, there are different things that happen in half forms. if you're a Silvari, obviously, there's different, we, like, parts of the story where there's different, like, dialogue. So yeah, I agree. I, think, I do like those little touches because it does make you think, ooh, like even just with plants the four in your head, I want to go and play that as a X, Y, Z uh, class, race, whatever. So it's pretty mm -hmm. good. So Kainang, um, we're on skip. We did skips, but this was, I thought this was a really, really good. Is there anyone who wants to talk more about skips first before we move on? No. I mean, there is, we didn't really talk about masteries or anything, did we? I mean, we know it's just. Oh, we talked about them as a whole. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so Kainang, this was really, really good. Um, coming into Kainang on the skiff was awesome. Like this whole view of like, um, it was like it was like when you came into Seisan Province and it, there was the camera, right? And and it kind of the pan, and then it was like a vista. And I can't remember if they did that in Echo World Wilds. And I can't remember if they did that in the last they map did. either. Did they do it in Echo they World did, Wilds? Because when you go into Echo World Wilds for the first time, it's Arbor Stone and they do the. Uh, yeah, that's Arbor right. Stone. But they didn't do that in Heart of Thorns and Path of Fire. Mm. They did for Heart of Thorns a little bit. First map? Uh, for or Orc Basin. When you mm. uh, see Tarir, the Luminant kind of takes you through and is like, oh. this is the civilization of the Exalted. Interest. Right. Is that this your exalted expansion, noise? Yeah. <laughs> this expansion definitely went uh, to the nth degree in terms more of its cinematics yeah. and more vistas and, and just more cutscenes in general, which I really enjoyed. Oh, that was so yeah. good, especially the first one. Like, it was just like, damn. Got I mean, me. like we could we could get double the amount, and I would still be so happy. Like, yeah. I think that what we got was honestly, I really love the pacing of the storytelling, and I think especially if you engaged with the open world and you do all the stuff and you do the collections and the side content, there is so much storytelling in this expansion. It is ridiculous. There's so much to discover, and I've seen some people who like blasted really? through the story and were just like, "That's it." And I was like, "Well, but you're not. You have to engage with Guild Wars to the way that it tells narrative. Like, you have to go through this and explore." Um, and in that sense, I think that these opening cinematics are an incredible nod to that, because when you get to a new zone to present it in this like beautiful way that you have like dramatic control over, right? Um, I think that it draws people into sort of seeing that place in the way that you've perceived it and like trying to explore it and engage with it as its own kind of like 
Kaining City. You know, um, it's it just like it lays it out there in a way that you want to engage with it. And I was so blown away when we first set foot. This map still is like, as far as sheer complexity and vertical layers, this is one of the most incredible maps I've ever seen in an MMO. Like the details, the amount of different items, the different the range from the ruins up to the highest tier of this it's like unbelievable it's unbelievable i spent a lot of time in new Kining city and then i actually went back to path of fire and everything felt so small it felt mm -hmm. like it felt like when you grow up and then you go back to like a children's like playground or like those plastic constructions and you're like this used to look like massive to me and now it's a foot tall it's like very strange but new Kining city was incredible for the amount of assets that they actually put in there and everything has collision you can actually go up and, and see these things and see the detail that was put into them i really really enjoyed new kining city and especially with the opening introduction with the cinematic showing that jade monument yeah. it was like oh this is this is some some really nice stuff and really great set yeah. pieces for this map it is like the whole and and then you think about where you came from the map you just came from and then you think about the mini biomes which we talk about we talked about in the first episode of that map with the snowy area and we got up north and then the the map design is very much similar in all of them other than maybe echovold although there is you could argue with the ruins that's enough for what like mini kind of biome i suppose but like yeah like for even just walking through it now like thinking about that first story bit when you first get in i'm like Damn, this place is immense like and there are like rookie i always i keep forgetting that it is the same map i think it was like the first map as well where i totally forgot the north side where the meta happens and it was like that's the same map that's sent in province and then this map has the ruins and has the jump puzzle up in the top right hand corner but then it's got the ruins and it's got the underwater part which has got an awesome bit of story in it and um, with the vault and uh other bits and bobs where i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spoil it but, and that's very much the theme of something that you said earlier, Rook, as well. Like the the mini stories, the mini stories inside, um, which I think players could easily miss if they're not explorative um, in their, like, just gameplay of an MMORPG, which is, you know, some people aren't. But there's just so many great moments in this map specifically. But this this part of the story was very good. And I'm, I'm very... Uh, again, spoilery. This is, this is a natural story step that's been shown. Um... I have seen, yeah. and even in chat, there's a lot of discussion about the zone being empty. And I think there's a lot of different layers to this because I there are like parts of that I agree with and parts that I don't. Um, in the sense that like, okay, as far as sheer number of NPCs on the map, um, it is something where obviously in this kind of city, and especially when you're thinking about cyberpunk or you're thinking about jade punk as it is here, or you're thinking about, um, you know millions of human lives being in a crushing space together in a small amount of territory right um i think in our minds we obviously fill in the packed crowds the hustle and bustle the sheer amount of people um unfortunately just the way that it is in mmos that's you can't do that it's just models <laughs> like, you can't do it's, it it's yeah. like, you can't do that many models especially when there are big events and things like meta events there's just so much to deal with so Usually what I look for when I'm really trying to judge if I think a zone is empty or not are the amount of details within a certain area 
um, including inanimate props, right? So the textures, the styles, the looks of booths, the looks of um, items on the ground, plants, uh, NPCs, yes, uh, other things, the details on the sides of buildings, um, the overall kind of composition of a space. So for me in that regard, in this zone, I think that it excels. Like there are so many incredible little prop pieces. There are so many incredible little areas, places, NPC dialogue tidbits that you get. Um, and so I think as players, we have to like realize that within the limits of this medium, an actual metropolis in a game is not something that can be realized in the sense of like cyberpunk, right? Because they have to allow for the amount of player models, the other events and everything else that are happening, combat, all that kind of stuff. So like in that regard, I think we have to cut them some slack and we have to use our own imaginations to populate what Absolutely. we imagine living That's in there. The is like, yes. On the other hand, I do think that compared to some of the other maps, at least from what I've discovered, and I am still going through and doing my own layers of discovery and kinding, it did feel like there maybe weren't as many little discoverable things insofar as like, we have the cool bonus dungeons in Echo Vault, we have the little map thing, uh, the, the little three boss uh, maze thing in Seitong. We yeah. have like, so I don't know if I think there really is like, other than like little fox puzzles. And I mean, there are some great areas to discover. I think the tea house is so fun. I really, really like the the like uh, party that's up on one of them that has that ridiculous music. Like there are great areas to discover in the city, but I have this feeling they're going to use it as a setting for more narrative in the future. That's I what I'm looking too. forward to. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so I, I agree with you, Rook. I, uh, the 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 city itself is ridiculous it's in it's how big it is compared to all other cities in Tyria and how like the feel the feel of it hit exactly where i wanted it to feel like where it's like slightly cyberpunk mixing the old with the new huge and impressive um and i am looking forward to in season 6 for example them fleshing out the city even more uh, more more things being done in the city, more, and then as they go, maybe adding more repeatable things in the city, uh, adding more uh, places to go, and maybe inside some buildings, who knows? Uh, I'm looking forward to them using the city, because right now there's not even like, is there crafting in the city? Crafting zones? Or, I don't believe there are. Is there a bank? No, and that's actually touching on something that I've also yeah. is there a trading post? Arborstone is the main place that we're I understand to yeah. and Arborstone is its yeah. own thing uh, it's a nice place to chill especially with uh, for, for a character but for this city to be a city I think it needs those things and I think that but in season 6 I think city? fleshing out the city even more would be great well that's the thing like this is technically it's a city but it's a it's an active playable map like it's a map like, it's yeah, an actual, it's... like, mobs, mm -hmm. NPCs, and stuff like that. And I think... Yeah, but we've had we've had crafting and, and banks and, and trading posts on active playable maps before. Where? Uh, the, uh, what's it called? The Crystal Oasis. For, for the bank and the That's trading true. post, at least. There is that like is a... true. And and they've got crafters there, though? Not currently, no. I yeah, think there's crafters the in a different one. map, though. There's crafters in... The World v. World, I guess, is... Mm, no, that's training post. The training there post is a little bank, bit yeah. more to Amnoon, but I, I think this kind of does touch on the whole issue of the map, of it feeling like 
almost barren. I think if you're not going to populate it with NPCs, you should definitely increase the threshold of the amount of players allowed Absolutely. to play on that map. And I think that's yes. something that has negatively Absolutely. impacted a lot of these expansion maps is that they have felt uh, very limited in terms of the number of players that can actually participate on one server uh, or one version of the map. I think New Kining City is the one map that is the most fitting of about like a I would say 50% to 100% increase yeah. to really fulfill more so that, I feel that like sense. more and you can yeah. you can Even fit more. those play- but, but this is the thing it's weird like the, when the metas happen you can get onto those maps but otherwise yeah. naturally you do not see many people in those maps and I wonder if it's because of the sheer this is something the Rook said in the first episode the sheer size of I wonder if the population is it if, if everyone is spread out so far or is it that they don't want to filter people into those maps other than you know when people just do it intentionally for like lfgs for for metas but i've not really noticed that there's been lag when metas happen in kind of improvement like kind of no. city to be honest i mean it's been and, pretty good and this kind of goes back to what uh i believe rook what you were saying in terms of uh i lost what i was gonna say but essentially sorry <laughs> i think people uh increase the amount of players on the map i think that is it is very worthwhile but also about rewards about people coming back to the maps and not having really as many things to do in terms of exploration Mm. or mini dungeons this map is very simple it looks very visually impressive but in terms of the content that is in it it really only is the meta event at least from my have uh, you done the the advanced weapons um achievements yeah for the classes for the elite uh, specs oh like the elite specs uh for the specific so, weapon collections yeah, so, yeah the ascendants so, i'm working on them yeah. well you will you will be going back to kaineng z but you go back <laughs> oh, but oh, you yeah. go back that's not just for kaineng i think that's yeah, the yeah. issue it's not oh, just right, for kaineng okay. it goes kaineng for specific. every single one of those maps and mm. what boots was saying kind of connecting what rick was saying with less things to do and also what boots you're saying i think it would be great to see these larger hub-esque systems to at least give a chance for people to be in the map and have a reason to go yeah. back while also interacting with these meta events because if there aren't dungeons if I mean, there is a jumping puzzle but once you do mm. it you kind of you kind of done with it unless it's on a daily rotation uh so if there aren't these many dungeons these explorative like chests to unlock and search for these other side achievements uh i think that would be smart for new kinding city to maybe utilize those like banks and trading posts yeah i'm kind of mm. i boots i think you and i have been thinking the same things about it because like when you look at the Karen detail and all the other stuff uh and all the other characters right it really feels to me like they maybe went a little bit less on Kining City because they are going to use it as something in the future mm. in the story. And I have no idea yeah. if that is true, but we do know that at least once we're through living season one, our next living season, we think, assume, we're assuming that's what it is, or saga or whatever they decide to call it, um, is going to be set in Kantha. So I have this feeling that going back to the city and that characters like Rama and Yao may become characters that are going to again and there's like little hints throughout the story and stuff that they're going to become characters that may be a part of our like major ensemble moving forward and so like it was funny to me because when you compare like an Echo Vault all the bonus collections that unlock with Arborstone and some of them do take you to Kining 
Um, but like, you know, the story that we get about Rama, the uh, follow-up stuff we get with Jory, the um, additional lore yeah, as you're like collecting all the books and Stargle Gold Claws thing and all this kind of stuff, right? I would love to see some of the same things in this city because mm. I really genuinely, truly feel, and everybody will have the different opinions on this, that Kinding City to me is one of the most memorable, most beautiful, most incredible, most technically detailed MMO maps I've ever seen. Just the range and breadth of the different landscapes they take you between in that city. It is astonishing to me. Um, I compare it to almost any other city hub in any other game, and I'm like, this just knocks them out of the park. Like, it yeah. is such an incredible setting. And when you have something like a packed city, it gives you the potential of so many different, very human stories across the breadth of a very varied landscape, right? Like, cities are microcosms of culture. Like, macrocosms? I don't know. But there's so many, like, little tiny narratives right you have the impoverished section you have the tengus and like the history of the people and everything that's happened there in their own ward you have the destroyed ruins of the risen city you have the technology and the horizon of a new frontier yeah. with all of the different mm -hmm. power plants you have the nobility and the upper classes you have a mixing and mingling of all these different cultures and now a new threshold as they are integrating into a wider world that they have been closed off from so it's a concentration me, of different yeah. different cultures like any city in the world yeah so to me it feels like I think it's a huge success, honestly. I think it's a beautiful mm. realization, but I think they can fill it with more stories. <laughs> I think they can fill yeah. it with more things, and I hope they do because it's a great setting, honestly. It's still different. I, mean, I think I still think this is a very different city because it's not, and and like compare it because I don't feel like it can be compared to anything else in the game at the currently. This isn't because it's not a city hub technically. It's it's its own map. It's like an active. NPCs like enemy played map, whereas like Am Noon is a city within that map, which is like you know, so that not much happens in there. There's some events, but it's not the same. So then, but like I'm always like when I'm going around Kainang, I always have to switch and then go to someone else to you know get a you know something crafted somewhere else, and I would come back because I'm just lazy. But like, so, <laughs> but I definitely think there should be more of a safe maybe area which, which might be more specific for the like the crafting benches and stuff but then it's like you know they put them in arborstone for a reason and because they really want to hi highlight arborstone for that reason it's clearly because rookery is there um <laughs> no, but, sorry i just wanted to randomly pop that in there i thought that's funny um but like i just think it is very unique and i agree like it is very very different way of doing it and definitely I would like to see more events in there. The, the skiff event that's in there is wicked. I love that thing. Like just when you're just wandering around trying to get all these different, I can't, is it jade or power cores or something? And you just hand them in and there's all these skiffs everywhere. The meta is yeah. great when you get switched between the two different sides of the map, the north and the south. That And when it adds, leads to the boss, which is awesome. Yao definitely needs to be in the game more because <laughs> they weren't in it enough. Um, I love Yao. And yeah, it's so yeah, good. There's such there's so much there. And like you say, you know, I think Kainang City is, is could be one of those maps like in the core game. Is it Queensdale where we had the tower, the nightmare tower? I can't remember which map is it? Kessex. I think it was Kessex. wasn't it? Kessex. Kessex. 
I feel like it could be a map like that which could change over time, like specifically. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, like an invasion and you have half the map which is like invaded into and all this, because I, I feel like there's going to be some kind of invasion, especially because there's like all this power stuff going on in Kainang and it feels like it's very two-sided sometimes and it's mm. i don't know they could be there's a lot they could do that i wouldn't mind them changing the meta event because the meta event right now isn't my favorite in terms of story it is definitely connected with the tale of the magic cycle yeah. and going kind of haywire but they could do something more interesting especially because we have the drowned kining up right above it maybe something there's some undead in the area um that's yeah. a very really interesting idea um but to quickly a note about the population i think if they don't want to add these certain systems to maybe incentivize players to come uh the meta event correct me if i'm wrong tends to take place more so during the night and i feel like people will go to maps when the meta events happen so perhaps during the day maybe they could have a phasing where there are many more npcs going about their days going about their lives maybe. you know interacting with each other and then phase them out at night to kind of just show like you know during the day oh, yeah. the city's very busy and then at night when the meta event happens everyone goes inside because it's scary and then all the players come on um so yeah. they could maybe do something like that um i, I would love to have but... one of those behind the scene dev videos about why that is um, with like Kainang and like if you imagine like just being like yeah so the way we produce like Kainang City we have to reduce the amount of no mobs and mobs the amount of the amount of mobs and players you gotta the amount of so <laughs> there's so many doors there and obviously other knobs um but, you know if you're British you understand probably um yeah. but yeah and if well it, or if you boots um but yeah I mean actually you know what when, when we got to Kainang and we had there was quite a lot packed in actually because i just paused it on this little moment i'm going to push us back into the kind of the story again into the actual map itself you got the skiff and then it was like bang 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 you got the skiff you did the story and then it was like oh you've got jade bot now <laughs> i was like what i never seen yeah it's just it. like here you go yeah You're like okay yeah um and i mean they push you along through there pretty quick and then have you return later yes. which i thought like again it almost as though they're using it as this this place that like the story Way comes back it. to and returns to and yeah. um it is funny because it, again i actually think the storytelling that they did was incredibly effective with the time that they had and i think guild oh, wars yeah. 2 has always been very conscious about like not overloading people with narrative because people do i think look for a faster pace in this game so i think it's always been kind of a juggling act for them like what all do we give that's like sit down watch this and what do we do that's like active storytelling and like you know incentivizes engagement and exploration and combat and all these things that we like to showcase about our game but i do agree in that i think kenning city was one place that i needed about twice the amount of cutscenes. like i just needed a little bit more i needed more establishment of all of the characters of the ministers that were at play at june and how she's received in the city and what she has meant to kining a little bit more about how like the people had like built themselves back up and rebuilt the city more about yao because you do actually get a lot about yao if you pick little bits in the meta like if, yeah you, know, you get more yeah like in the meta if you go to echo vault you actually get additional stuff about yao as well if you search for it about like yao's past in the jade brotherhood and things like that oh, cool. you get some great moments with rama where like as you go through the city there are optional talking points where you can like take your skiff with him and like he'll tell you more about his life in the city and what it was like growing up with his father and like 
I needed about twice the amount of that to really ground me in like the place, the people, the current mm. age. And it's all there. Again, if you go out and you look and you engage with all the maps and you come back and you do the other metas and you do the other events, the storytelling is there and it's phenomenal. But I would have loved in this portion to have seen more like cinematic storytelling and like moments to really like talk and engage with all the characters because this is a phenomenal setting we just need to really be able to immerse ourselves in it i 100 percent agree i think now that i'm reflecting on it this map kind of was the map where i settled myself into thinking that this expansion takes place in cantha but because we didn't get that establishment of New Kining City and the various political strife going on there, I was like, it, this expansion takes place in Cantha, but doesn't necessarily do it justice in this expansion. Moving forward with the narrative, I do, I kind of predict slash really hope that they do hone in on that Canthan political issues with like the ministers and Yao and Rama and how all that is going to come together. Uh, Cause this, they did kind of just push pretty quickly into the other maps. Okay. I thought you were going to say something. Lit. <laughs> Um, actually, funny enough, on uh, there's actually like players surrounding me in this actual map. So with Kainang, you've got again, the, and they something that I noticed on all the maps, and we've all noticed, and, and almost forgot as I keep keep going through when we talk about these things, is the definite reduction of hearts. Again, there's only three. Is there three hearts? Yeah. And I have not done them. <laughs> I did it for this story, but I haven't, gone back. I haven't really gone back to do them. Wow, you really don't like them. I remember when we had this conversation previously. It's, it's like, um, no, I like hearts, but I think the ones Just not here, when your map completed. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to think what the rewards are. Well, I mean, in hearts in the previous map, you can buy like fishing gear and stuff. I do have to say, this is a really subtle thing, but as we watch like the footage that you have for those who are watching like the video version, one of the things that I really love about this map is the lighting from bottom to top yep. and like in the different regions. Like when you're down here on the docks, there's this like vague smog, this like f like fog rolling in off the water, this kind of a hazy, it tints everything just like a little bit sepia tone. Yeah. It, it feels old timey. Sepia it tone, also... but with a bit more green. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's like, yeah. It also was so nostalgic to me because it felt like uh, with factions, when you first arrive in Kainang, I think you also arrive at the docks, right? Mm -hmm. I think you like come I, yeah, in at the docks and yeah, so, you can, yeah, yeah and in, in Guild Wars do. One. Mm -hmm. So like it felt very much to me that it almost had this kind of nostalgic element. Like they knew it would be like you were coming back again. And a lot of the buildings down in this lower section actually have textures that look more reminiscent of um like the original sort of uh guild wars one factions like if you go up to some of the buildings along the edges you can see the kind of like splintered wood and the like it's so cool you can see and the original up, rock right the original yes. rock and where they've built and the bridge it's where the bridges connect to mm -hmm. the actual thing because like, you can see that was original and then like you say they've kind of supported the original structure and then they've got those buildings on top it's very good yes and then as you go through the city the lighting shifts and changes on all the different tiers that you're in um, and like those little details also change. And then when you go into the like ruined older section, there's a totally different vibe there. It's yeah. so like, I, again, I just love it. Cause I, I do um, think this map has mm. so much detail. It's like they haven't got there yet. 
isn't it? It's almost like they haven't got to those areas yet, but or they're haunted so much, or they're taken over so much they can't take those over yet, and they can't rebuild almost to a degree. I know yeah. we're not supposed to talk about it, but that just you talking about that right now it reminded me of how cool and interesting the lighting is when you first get to Arborstone. Mention it. oh, it's glorious. It's so oh. good. It's so gorgeous. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like the 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 little nuanced details in this expansion and the way that they set the stage is like sometimes I think they're easy to miss, but like they really, really, really contribute in a gorgeous way. Um, I just I love it. I think it's really neat. Uh, so, yeah, this city, I think, has a lot more stories to tell. And I hope that they really do take advantage of that and that this was like a very specific thing that they did, knowing that they were going to be using the city more in the future and a lot of these characters more in the future. Um, Because, I mean, I, this will sound silly, I always feel like a zone has done its job if I get excited to role play there. I would just, exactly. I would just love like a Detective Rama uh, storyline in Kining City. Like, it's a big city. Yeah. Uh, That would be so good. (laughs) like film noir ask yes exactly yeah she rolled into my office around 7 p.m during the marketing they were talking about that and we did get hints of it in end of dragons but in my mind i was creating this elaborate like detective's tale of rama and like especially with the cinematic that we got it was like dark and very misty and green and had such a nice ambiance and i was like i want more of this yeah, so I hope they give it, because I feel as though maybe the element that was supposed to be that was what we discover about, is it Minister Lee? Is that his name? Minister, Minister, yeah, the bad one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, that felt like that was the detective story, but I think we could have gone whole ham on it, yeah. you know what I mean? And, like, that's where those additional, like, Absolutely. cinematics and, like, really meeting him that first time that you go to the city and, like, having Minister Lee present himself in this very specific way, and then you get this, like, turn later where you realize that, like, oftentimes the people who are most prejudiced may go about it in the most, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, hidden kind Brrr. of, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, the hidden, yes, that's it. <laughs> the Rolodex, um, you're like, looking for the words. <laughs> I know I was trying to think um insidious insidious was the word um they go about it in the most insidious ways right that they pose themselves as heroes for some greater cause but that they themselves are so full of the deepest bias and prejudice um and harmful mentalities so like I would have loved to see a little bit more setup but uh, again I think they could totally do that with living season and I'm super pumped about that I really want to see how they use this like setting mm-hmm. Another element of New Kainang, which I really enjoyed, was the different direction for the music. That This area is where we get a lot more of that synthy, distorted vibe to Guild Wars 2 that really has not been explored before. And it has a really, like, it's, it's a very ominous soundtrack for the pieces of this map. And Proof to, can, like, can I ask you a question before you go on to your point? You know that slums yes. music? You're talking about the slums yes. song, right? But a little my, bit. Well, a little bit. But my, I have a little bit of a gripe about about this, actually. Because Ooh. when you go into the area and the slums music comes on, do you remember, I remember specifically Boots was words that they use and when we were having this conversation. 
like you were saying you're very slummy because <laughs> it was called the slum yeah because i'm very but, eloquent that but way like, but like you were talking about we were talking about like that kind of undead harbinger kind of darker area whereas i just think the slums isn't that dark and isn't that yeah. like isn't that gritty in yeah, all we need honesty. a little darker I, I was think actually... it could have been like it could have been more of a ward kind of like is that what you were gonna say i was literally actually going to say oh, sorry. It, it plays this ominous tone which i like but sometimes they play it like during the day when it's really bright outside yeah. and there isn't much going on <laughs> so, um, so i was gonna, i was gonna say sorry. the atmosphere of the music is really really cool and i love it by itself however i think it needs to just fit a little bit better in the certain districts that yeah. it plays in or the lighting right. or like environmental effects and especially with the, the slums part when we got the confirmation that there was a title called the slums i was excited to see something akin to guild wars one kinang where it was a little bit more run down there were sewers there oh, were yeah. sewers going everywhere it was a little bit more mucky mm -hmm. and grimy and all we really got was like i wouldn't consider old kinang to be grimy and mucky it's just been demolished by a tidal wave. It just wave. looks older and more mm -hmm. traditional. In yeah, all that's honesty. not very like grimy yeah. or no. like there's a lot of like neon signs that are flashing and the power's going out and there's like trash all over the place and exactly. like afflicted and poisonous or, things. Or like more Blade Runnery, which is kind of what I yeah. thought it was going to be. Like more dark and dank and kind of like. Which is, like you say, which is yeah. what I want uh, when they introduce the Detective Rama storyline where, <laughs> where you have. What's his name? Is it going to be Detective Boric as well? De detective oh it's gonna be the friendship squad yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> i love that sorry we're gonna have detective rama doing like the harrison ford voiceovers and it's Ooh, gonna be yeah. great oh, I love yeah. That. yeah i do agree it's tough because it feels like there were almost two dissonant conceptualizations right like the slums and the music piece that we're seeing in which case i think you know we talked about i was talking about the lighting on the docks and stuff i mean they could have even set the tone very different there if when you go down to those lower places they like add way more of that fog effect or something yeah. or like you know it seems denser it seems grimier it seems closer in even like tightening the like width of the um like roadways and pathways i think would have helped a lot as it is there are some great details down there like uh the like paper windows and things almost all of them like the actual paper has been like pushed out so you have these people whose like entire lives are yeah. on display you have like you know they're unable to repair that older feeling of the city which within a world that or within a, a nation that has looked so much to the future and to technology like i guess living in the remnants of their past could be equivocated to like a different sense of lower class, right? Than those who have access to the shiny and the new and to technology and jade and abundance. But like, I agree with everybody in that, like, I think it doesn't quite feel committed to on either side. Like if they wanted it to be something where like the people living in the shells of the, you know, the old buildings who couldn't afford to upgrade, mm -hmm. that was the equivalent. And that the city itself prides itself on like looking clean and pristine, but it hides behind these buildings. Those who are impoverished, that is one thing versus the slums music. And that kind of vibe that we got from a lot of stuff, like you were saying, where like, we thought it would be really dense, crowded, uh, polluted, toxic, yeah. uh, you know that it would be impoverished people living on top of each other which is maybe more of a traditional kind of cyberpunk feel and city vibe oh yeah absolutely. so it, it felt to me like 
the storytelling there is just a little murky compared to like some of the other areas that I think are so good in Kining. Yeah. The slums don't feel quite like they it's committed on either it's side. Disconnected. It's a little bit disconnected for me. It feels a little bit disconnected. And I'm looking at the map right now, and I'm trying to like visualize what area is the slums because everything looks quite Southeast, pristine right. i mean I, yeah is i think the one area actually is probably grub lane because yeah, that has a mm -hmm. civilization area near the undead yes. and i think with the one it, it's just too small i think in my opinion but the one maybe issue is also about the height Typically, uh, affluent areas have much taller buildings, skyscrapers, and then the the more impoverished areas, the slum areas, tend to be a little bit closer to the ground. Grub Lane does succeed on that, but I think as a whole, the entirety of New Kining has such verticality that it loses that sense maybe of like differences in the economic classes it could have maybe been a little bit more distinct in terms of map design for for us to get that sense because it only is in yeah. one area it is interesting because they seem to almost lump it which i actually like i think this is a really good detail the idea that like verticality of the city is how maybe this city differentiates class that like if you're living down at the bottom and you imagine that people throw things from the upper yeah. tiers or stuff like that yeah, right yeah, yeah. as well as like proximity to undead which is another thing that like those who are living closer to that threat are the people that may be considered more disposable within society so like from that construction like that viewpoint i think they succeeded in the positioning my trend the area where my trend is i think falls into what i would consider to be the slums the tengu ward yes, i think technically is supposed to kind of be adjacent to that too but Kruf, i do agree with you in that um again it's like if they really wanted to show a disparity of wealth i would expect some of that to be pushed a little bit further or conversely, if they wanted to show a pristine world that hid things behind closed doors or that, like, again, um, maybe had other societal prejudices that uh, differentiate classes. I don't know if we get a full, really robust feeling of that from the story, other than maybe yeah. some of the dialogue that Rama gives us and like that you get from some of the people that live in those areas. Um yeah, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know for sure. It's weird though. If you go through it, like, um, the footage now, I actually really like this area. <laughs> it's actually one of my yeah. favorite. Like, it's it's a nice area. Like it, you've got the waterfall that comes into into like the southeast part of the map, which is where the slums are, which is where the heart is for Grub, like gr around where Grub Lane is. And obviously, there's the distinction of there is less jade tech there. There's just less green, right? But there's this big green jade kind of decoration yeah. where the waterfall comes in. So there's that. So there's like they're still included, but there's this area which maybe they just maybe they haven't even just got yet to yet, or even they're trying. But like I think like you were all kind of saying as well, there's a little bit of confusion, like. Is this a hidden area or is this, you know, is this like a, like an actual choice they've made of like hiding the people there away? Is it they haven't simply haven't got there yet to like, you know, kind of do it up? I think some of this honestly is just the limitations of an MMO because like if you look at it, you can see things like the exposed stone. You can see more of the framework, the again, like weathered antiquated doors. Um, like there are touches that make this read slums. I but like as it. Far as, I love like, the area. 
yeah, as far as like ambient trash garbage stuff like that, again, like those assets and every single item being rendered within like a square foot of an MMO. Final Fantasy XIV was just actually talking about this and how some of their graphical updates have start will in the future within the next couple years allow them to even add in more textural assets per small area of ground. And the difference that some of those shots made was astonishing. So it's like there are definitely details here. There are actually some other areas that I like too. Uh, there's one. Oh, what is the goddess? Melandru? Melandru, she's the nature goddess. There is in one of the alleyways a community yes. garden. And like, I loved that detail. And it's commemorated to Melandru. And like, you see these little like plants that people are trying to grow in like the cracks of this city. And I thought that that was like, to me, that was beautiful storytelling in this zone. Um, but I do think like we've been talking about, this maybe felt like one of the lesser effective um, environmental storytelling areas. I truly think because of the scale of this map, which again, it's like, I don't necessarily want them to have compromised on that because I think this was a really phenomenal thing, yeah. but um, it does feel like maybe there were some trade-offs that had to be made. And unfortunately we lost a little bit or that we might be getting more in the future. Um, because there are details, it's just maybe not quite... Like, even there, you can see there was some, like, plant growth on one of the rooftops that, like, has, like, broken apart the shingles, right? Again, like, there are details. It's just that um, it's maybe not as cluttered or as effective as if the map had been smaller or yeah. they were working in a single-player game format, so... I really does, like this map. It does feel a little clean in terms of the tiling and the flooring. Uh, so they could have maybe done something yeah. with that. But yeah. to quickly touch on what you were saying, Rook, the, the little alley with the, the garden, I would have loved more of that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to actually see what these people are doing other than just a, f a bunch of fish merchant stalls. I wanted to see gardening. I wanted to see, like, group exercises or, like, back alley dealings with the ruffians. But the ruffians are just standing around light posts just kind of <laughs> talking, and that's kind of it. So I think the environment hitting the nail on the head every time. The environmental storytelling uh, was a little bit less effective in this map. I, I genuinely love this area. Like, you can see Good. on the rock the there, you great. can see like on the actual wall as well, the old yeah. coming in from the from the new and like how they've kind of still getting... It just it is great. Like it, I really... Because after a while, like Kainan, I really like Kainan, don't get me wrong, and I love that cyberpunk mm -hmm. feel and I love the... I love the different, you know, when you've got the holographic fish in some areas where they, they, the way they've used that light is really, really, really clever. Like, they don't have to... It's projection. I think they could do a lot more with projection, actually. Specifically, so you can really, like, show the differences even more so. But I just... I, I think this is genuinely... I don't know why this is one of my favorite areas in the map. It just I like that oldy kind of look as well, and the mixture of the new and the old kind of. And just the fact that from there, if you go north, there is just this other complete different area. And actually, if you go west from here into the more rocky kind of side cliff areas as well, there's the houses there. Um, I don't think I go there in, in this footage specifically, but there's lots of fun stuff down there. And also the meadow is just south of where, where I am on this map here as well, which is really, really nice. And it's... Yeah, I, I really just like this part of the map. I think it's fantastic how they've still kept it... They've still got that verticality, not as much, because, you know, it's a little bit more flat, as you kind of say, in terms of just, like... It's more like verticality 
on the horizontal if that makes sense so it's high here yeah. and it's low here but like in kainang it's like it there's a level here there's a level here there's a level here um so it's kind of going towards that but it's it is yeah i don't think there's anything else we can really say about this side of the map but there is parts of this where it's like you've done the for the heart you have to do the grubs like you have to squash the grubs with the springer which is really really cool but if you've not come back here yet and i'm gonna this is a little bit, bit of a spoiler i reason i came back here was to get crows because you have to ju- you have to jump up and get crows that are flying around in the area for another thing which i'm not gonna spoil that so i spoiled one thing um but yeah you have to catch crows it's kind of fun so there's always little bits and bobs and there's some more books around here and there's some stuff where you can knock on the doors and there's little stories and around in these areas which i still kind of got to explore a little bit more myself but i don't know yeah anything else like around the map specifically there's the um what's that what's that tunnel called the one that rama talks about like the love tunnel, tunnel or love. Something. Oh, yeah. tunnel that was kind of funny um <laughs> rama's like getting a bit fresh i was like hey rama <laughs> Let's go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that was interesting. There was there's just loads of little bits and bobs in this map where I'm like, this is good times. And then you can fish as well in the map, obviously, as well. I don't know. I'm trying to think about the Kainang Sea and if there's anything else we could talk about it. There is, well, <laughs> to, first, first of all, the Cobble Ward, if you like the Cobble Ward, there's actually kind of south southwest out at sea there are like these spires with a bunch of houses on top of them and there's even a hero point there and just as a little note i do love that area a lot it kind of does reference old kining in a way kind of strips away that that modern aspect um Mm. so i like that area but there also is like this like cool lab reactor place it's story spoilery but that's oh there. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh god yeah of course yeah, yeah. In, the t- in the north northwest yes yes that is wicked. that's actually huge uh mm-hmm. apart because it technically i guess i would still consider that to be a part of it and you can you access it outside of the story no mm, don't think so. oh, okay but it's close oh. enough like you, you take yeah. the yeah. tunnel yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah there's a lot of time? cool stuff. I mean, honestly, they could do a lot. We were talking about things they could even put in here. I mean, additional stuff with like Jadebot, where you could be exploring, thinking of that kind of area and like the story mission that has you like flying your Jadebot in through all of the like pipe work and everything and like yeah, behind the scenes. Like, they could do more stuff like that where you are able to like go through apartment wards and stuff and almost eavesdrop or overhear different conversations from various people as you went through or discover the things you were looking for. Um, I honestly do. I think this map is exceptionally beautiful. Uh, and I mean, like, gosh, the first time I went up to where the big, the Jade Monument is of obviously our dragon, um, one of our beautiful dragons, I lost it. I think that area is just so gorgeous. The like ministry building as well, that it has all that like glowing Jade work in it. Um, like color palettes oh, yeah, that they play yeah, yeah. with. Uh, I also really loved the first time that I discovered, well, this is, I mean, this is, I think, good environmental storytelling. You hear so many different groups and people mention about the Red Duck Tea House. And then I was so ecstatic to actually see that there is a location that is the Red Duck Tea House. And as I was exploring, I was like, ah, it's this thing. I've been hearing people talk about this, like, offhandedly um, for a ton of time. So uh, I thought that was really cool. And the there's, like, a temple as well. 
um, that I discovered as I went up uh, that I just thought was so beautiful. Temple of Preeminence. Uh, and there's like these beautiful, like, you know, water, like using water almost as like an entry, like as you pass through like this little like shallow water feature into the temple. And again, I think there are incredible details on, on this map. And a lot of cool things to discover. Uh, I just hope we keep getting like more population, like more stuff here. Not even like population of NPCs, just like more missions and setting and, um, you know, stuff within it to sort of flesh out a lot of these areas. And until then, this map did get me excited to role play on it. So I've already had fun breaking down the like areas that are like nobility houses, the areas that are more ministry specific. Like there's a lot of really good stuff in how this city is constructed uh, and a lot of beautiful areas. Okay, cool. Okay. Well, I've been thinking maybe we can have even a shorter little episode today of uh, the Librarians, maybe, if people sure. are okay with that. But what we could do is we no. can give people a little bit of a bonus and maybe check out some of the April Fool stuff in game as a little bit of a bonus thing and go and check out the doggos and stuff if you want. Yeah, this will be yes. your first time doing it. Let's, 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 let's uh, yeah. get Jebber in there. Uh, I'm going to have to change over the scenes and stuff and go back over to my stream, but it'll be a bit more of a blank kind of... You won't see our faces much because I can't put the game in and our cameras because I've got the cameras on the other PC, so I'm sorry about that. Um, We're already here waiting for you and the doggos. Oh, well, I, I, it's going to take me a moment. Um, so if you got this far, this has been the uh, Lightbringers podcast. We were talking about Kynang City and we were talking about fishing next week. I think... Do you want to do the guild hall next week? I'm sure. down. And then everyone in the stream, if you, and then everyone, if you want to come and join us as well, your Lightbringers Guild peeps, and even if you're not, then you are welcome to join us. We'll talk about it, and we can all sit around inside the guild hall and walk around and see what we think. I've never, I've never done it yet, so we need 200 cool. KP each, though, if you want to come. 